0: Now, that brain that you gave me, was it Hans Delbrooks? No. Ah, good. Uh, would you mind telling me whose brain I did put in? And you won't be angry? I will not be angry. Abby someone. Abby someone. Abby who? Abby normal. Abby... Normal. I'm almost sure that wasn't made.
1: We
2: out here, doing it real style. Okay, we just had an entire conversation about (laughs) emo rap, and I guess kind of to an extent, rap in general, and you come onto the show, and the first thing you say is what? Boom, we out here. here. (laughs) But then finish the sentence, boom, we out
1: here, doing it, I think you said, I don't know, I can't Real style or something? That sounds like (laughs) it.
2: The emo rap, it just feels like you're trying to get...
1: Yeah, that's that's f- as emo rap as I get based on I don't know if no counts. experiences with it.
2: <laughs> I, I, yeah, I don't I don't know that that necessarily counts I suppose, but it's just It was that. a sample, okay? <laughs> what are you Wait,
1: what are you sampling? Go on. <laughs> gibberish. It's gibberish. just it's just my normal my normal life just sampling gibberish. That's fair. Um, speaking of sampling gibberish,
2: welcome to Growing Up Punk, the podcast about punk rock and all of its friends. Uh, I am David. That guy's Aaron. Say hello, Aaron. Hey guys. Hey
1: Thanks guys. Thanks for checking us out.
2: There you go. Assuming the gender of our listeners again. <laughs> Although, uh, if, you, if you look at the sorry. stats, no, Hi no. If people. you look at the stats, that's very, yeah. that's very accurate. Um, I get like updates from this website called Chartable, which kind of like tracks how the podcast is doing on the likes basically on apple podcasts and spotify i think are the two that it it focuses on and so you can like break down demographics now obviously this requires people to input information when they're signing up for i'm assuming i don't know if it's when they're signing up for their spotify accounts and and uh their apple ids it must be because uh, at some point in time they would put their gender specific information and their age and stuff but um, it's very much just us. Like, not just us listening, uh, but <laughs> the, the, the like, listening audience is basically right. dudes in their, like, I think it's like 30 to 45. <laughs> it's like the demographic that it's like 98% of your listening audience is this. And I'm like, yeah, that ah, seems about right.
1: I was going to say, I've, I've never had a, a female message me yet saying she liked the show. So if you're out there. <laughs> Yeah, Send yeah. us a message so we know we're not just. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Aaron, Aaron's talking to, everyone just like us. Clearly, Aaron's doing this to pick up the ladies. <laughs> if you're a lady out there, I, listening, I hope my mom or my auntie or someone's listening. Come on, my it's funny because my <laughs>
2: wife, like a few weeks ago, was like, "I should really listen to your podcast," and I'm like, "Why <laughs> would you?" It's like it has, like, I mean, sure, if you want to, but it has like nothing to do with you like it's not geared for you in any way like i'm not offended that you don't listen to my yeah. podcast like is, i got a i had a co-worker the other day that said that basically he's like he like he was we were just kind of like going back and forth kind of you know being dicks to each other a little bit like just for fun right and he's like yeah well i don't listen to your podcast and i'm like yeah you, of course you don't i don't make it for you like you're not <laughs> you're not the guy i'm aiming at right he's like well what do you mean because i mean we're similar in age and whatever like do you tell me, tell me, Mike? What is your favorite music? Is it is it punk rock, or is it country music? Oh, I like country music. Well, there's a thing here. We're not talking <laughs> about any of that. So, I mean, you can listen if you want, but you know, I'm not offended if you don't, because right. <laughs> we we have a very specific audience that we that we aim at. But um, yeah. that's cool. If you want to go ahead, you can follow us on uh, Twitter and Instagram at Growing Punk Pod. Uh, you can find our personal Twitters and Instagrams linked there as well. And we do now officially. It's I don't know how active I'll be on it. Uh, we do officially have a website now. I wish I could remember what the address was because I haven't purchased a domain name. Because <laughs> I'm like, well, uh, yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to pay for a domain name if I just end up being like, well, that was fun for two weeks. So. Um, you can find it in the links in our in in all there of our all of my social media bios, all of the shows' show, social media bios. It's there. It's basically a place to. You can find all the podcasts there. There are um, some posts on there as well, like blog posts where it might be things that I'm just like maybe I'll get Aaron to write eventually if he ever feels like it. But I'm not I'm not sure how literate he is. The first, the first <laughs> entry will be on emo There you go. Yeah. Um, but I was gonna say, yeah, like some of the posts that are on there. There's like supplemental sort of stuff to the episodes sometimes. Um, if you know, I mentioned something or if you're like, What is that song that's playing? Like uh, you know, there's things like that. What movie did that quote come from? You'll find yeah, that information. There we go. There. That's a good idea. Yeah. And then like I don't alternate. even know that
1: sometimes so
2: Yeah, well <laughs> so I mean the the first kind of supplemental post for an episode is up there for our four year strong set your goals episode. Uh, in which I, I list what the movies from like the the clips are from and that's kind of fun. I should say that like I know that's like one of the funnest things for me in producing the podcast is like finding movie clips and using them and usually trying to tie them into the episode. Yeah. so I mean if you can ever figure out what the connection is um, you win some kind of prize or you could just cheat and go to the website. and uh, and, uh, find it there I suppose but uh, and then like sometimes alternate artwork and stuff because sometimes I get carried away but yeah so go find find that on our social medias Um, yeah we're here so we didn't mention last week at the end of the episode I just blew right by what we were going to talk about so you know by the title of the episode though who we're talking about because you're listening to it Uh, we're going to talk about Goldfinger um, a band that uh, has been around for a little while so why don't you real quick Aaron um because I think if I remember we were texting back and forth and I think you kind of maybe suggested Goldfinger I don't remember it was like you brought it back around so I don't remember who initially suggested it but you brought it back around so why don't you share a little bit about how you kind of got into Goldfinger when you first heard him that sort of stuff
1: yeah well I think like we had there was a number so after we wrapped up the easy core we were trying to kind of going back and forth on what we should do next and you know there's always so many different bands and subjects and stuff we could do and so I was trying to think and and I mean, we've mentioned Goldfinger probably a handful of times over the last year. And, um, yeah, and it's, it's a band that, that I go back to fairly often enough and seems familiar. And so, figure what better time, um, than now to do it. And then as we, you know, discussed further, you know, what, what that could lead into. And so, yeah. we can, we can mention that, uh, later on. But yeah, yeah. it just seemed, uh, like a good, good band to do. Um, yeah, they were a band that, um, I missed the boat on. I, I don't really know why. They were just one of those bands that I guess I didn't have any friends that were into them or it didn't really come up. I, I remember seeing like their albums in stores, and I knew they were a punk band. I remember seeing um, them play 99 Red Balloons on a talk show in the early 2000s. They were all dressed up in like rabbit uniforms and stuff or <laughs> costumes, like, just something bizarre. So I was like, oh, okay, this is kind of weird. Yeah, it it was like it was fun enough, but wasn't. I mean, that's a cover song too, so it just didn't really grab me. And so I guess I just never really went back to it until recently, like in the last handful of years or whatever. But yeah. So, uh,
2: you you alluded to. I just wanted to touch on something real quick because you alluded to. You know, we kind of came up with um, something that we're going to go to next. Kind of launching from this, much like we did with Newfound Glory in the EasyCore series. I think it'd be fun if we kind of start doing that a little bit. So, this is kind of like our second attempt. Whether or not we can continue kind of theming, you know, episodes, we'll see. But uh, we've definitely got the next couple laid out here, so that's cool. But for myself, I can specifically remember where, at least I think I can specifically remember where I heard Goldfinger. Um, maybe I heard them before this, but this is definitely like when I think about them, this is the first thought I have is they were on the soundtrack for Tony Hawk's Pro Skater and like I absolutely like played that game I remember playing it at my cousin's place over Christmas one year I think he may have possibly gotten the PlayStation and the game for Christmas one year and so we just like played the crap out of it And and so like my cousin Darren is a guy who like you know, I would hear about bands from him. We'd go to shows together and whatnot. Like, um, still, when I see him, we don't live very close to each other. In fact, you probably live closer to him than I do. Um, Sweet. But yeah, but we'll we'll chat about bands and shows and stuff. Um, still, semi regularly when when we see each other for family things. But yeah, I can remember playing that game and that song. I'm trying to think if I can remember any other songs off of that soundtrack. There were some good there were some good songs on there for sure. But that Superman was the song that was on right. there. And anytime I hear that song, I'm immediately like, oh, Downhill Jam, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, here we go, like uh, 100% every time. And the funny thing is, is I actually picked one of the albums we're going to do because in my brain I was thinking Superman was on that album, but it's not. it's on the album Hang-Ups, I believe. Okay. Um, so spoiler alert, if you couldn't figure it out from, you know, artwork and stuff like that, and if we've said anything, we're not doing Hang-Ups, uh, so this is about the only time we'll talk about, uh, I was going to say about Goldfinger, about Superman in particular, but um, yeah, no, that that's on a different album, and I was like, oh, but I think the one of the albums we picked is for sure better, in my mind anyway. Um, but yeah, so Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, every time I hear that song, and it's still like, I like it came on we were at uh, an Edmonton Oilers hockey game just last night and all of a sudden it came on and I was like yes yeah yeah wow. yep. and it like it still comes on and I like turned to my turned to my wife speaking of
1: her in the podcast was like oh this
2: is the band we're doing the next episode on and she's like huh
1: <laughs> but I was like that's, whatever that's so random I, I would never guess a band like that we played at a hockey game. Yeah, I, I, I can't mean, uh, uh, picture that song. Like, I don't know if it's some like anthemic, catchy song that they'd play there or what. Right. It's just. I mean, it's got it like, um, just.
2: Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Just like a, an iconic, I suppose, a signature like intro that's just like with that like the snare, but like there's like a snare little roll thing that happens and it's straight into the, just like that upstroke ska guitar, oh. and um, yeah, it's just like. I mean, it's. I think. It's, I, I want to I'm gonna guess I'm sure I could find this out and I may try to do this while guessing but I'm gonna guess it was their highest charting song it has to hmm. be like um but of all uh, yeah. time yeah that's yeah. I mean I don't know how many songs they had that charted uh let's yeah, see yeah I guess and if I mean yeah so Hang Ups 1997 so it came out a year after well, I was, I'm, I'm kind of giving away a little bit here but a year after one of the albums we're gonna talk about but let's see if I can, where are you, Superman? Well, it's the first track. I was hoping there was a link there. there might not even there's not even like information on uh, okay. <laughs> on on the Wikipedia for it but um so I mean I don't know I it's a classic though, but uh, yeah, as I mentioned, we're not talking about that album so um, but I'd say they're they're one of those bands for me, 90 s punk that I can remember loving and really enjoying the music of i don't think i ever saw them live but and i definitely i don't believe i ever owned a cd of theirs or even like anything like i i think i burned their albums one or like maybe the first two albums at some point in time i want to say they're one of the first bands i can remember going on to like mp3.com and searching up and downloading music from Mm. yeah um but uh yeah so there i always loved them never really owned anything by them and when i put the album we're going to talk about first on i was like oh i know like all of this album so at some point in time it was in some way shape or form in our collection so or in my collection so let's do it first and foremost with goldfinger we are going to talk about their debut album it is simply self-titled so let's go
1: I gotta ask you what, do you, what do you think of that drum sound? <laughs> <laughs> let's let's see. First note, the snare stands out as hard to listen to. <laughs> <laughs> you know what it reminds me of?
2: Every time I hear it, do you know what thunder sticks are? Um, like, I don't know if that's a specific brand thing or if that's like actually like a, a descriptive... Is that like
1: where they've got like a bunch of little like raw, like it's kind of a softer...
2: No, so, so like thunder sticks are these things that I can remember getting them at like sporting events. They're like these inflatable like plastic tubes. Oh, yeah, yeah. And you yeah, like right. bang them together. Yeah, yeah. And the whole, yeah. So the snare drum reminds me of someone just banging those together. It's unbelievably, yeah. like, I don't know if it's good or bad. Like, you get used to it, you adjust to it. It's not like a snare sound that jumps out to me like, you know, when the super like gated snare you'd hear from like 80s like hair metal sort of stuff where i'm just like that i can't listen to that that's terrible um but but like this this snare i'm like okay you kind of i do eventually adjust to it
1: yeah and it does it it fits the style enough like with punk ska like just that really tight like usually they'll have like a smaller snare it's not as deep because they want that like higher pingy sound to it but this one was yeah like you said you get used to it but it's always weird when you put an album on for the first time and something all of a sudden is like, whoa, what is that? Right. You know, it just kind of then throws off the rest of how you hear the album.
2: Right. Well, and this definitely won't be, it'll be the first time, but not the last time we mentioned Blink 182 on this episode um, for various reasons. But I'm curious because, like, when Travis Barker with Anim of the State, when it came out, I remember, like, that snare sound, all of a sudden everyone was talking about it because it was like this high like super tight snare sound right yeah yeah And i'm just, just wondering yeah and i mean this definitely doesn't sound as crisp and clean as travis barkers did right um but i'm i'm kind of wondering a little bit i'm like okay like i didn't really notice it until end of the state and maybe if i went back and listened more maybe i'd notice it on other records but i'm like is this is this like maybe the precursor to that sound of, maybe as another band was doing it before because i think it does come through maybe a little more in, especially in like ska bands yeah um, like that it, tighter snare
1: yeah and it reminded me actually of a no doubt's tragic kingdom right um because there's, there's a similar sound so it definitely goes with that punk ska reggae yeah. kind of feel yeah. and i yeah. think it's just partially the, the production of it like I mean, it's okay to have a snare sound like that if you're, I don't know, if you're like compressing it or something or miking it differently. But yeah. when you get so much of that like ring every time, it just kind of <laughs> cuts through the rest. And yeah, yeah. And, but- it,
2: and it's it's funny because there have definitely been albums and bands that have gone for that sound. And like you mentioned, like when that ring really cuts through, or if it's just mixed poorly, um, it doesn't work. I do think on this record, it, it does work because you're, I'm able, at least for myself, I'm able to get used to it and it's immediately it is like a signature sound i'd be interested to go back through more of the goldfinger library because i mean on the other album we're going to talk about that's not a thing which is fun right because travis barker drums on it spoiler alert we're going to talk about their latest well i guess they had a christmas ep but their latest full length um as well so it's funny because yeah travis barker drums on that and it doesn't have that super high pingy sound but again you get used to it um it's it's fine I, you know, whatever. I'll, I'll put up with it.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It didn't. I, I. I remember thinking that when I started it, but by the end of it, I, I just enjoyed the album enough that I didn't really, didn't yeah, really. Think ex- exactly. About that, so. Right. Like, and and maybe that's a testament to John
2: Feldman and you know Goldfinger's songwriting abilities to just write good songs that you know you don't have to get hung up on things like production. Um, because sometimes that can be a distraction. And in this case, I don't think outside of like, you know, that first song kicking off, um, I don't think it was that big of a distraction. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because, Ooh. yeah, like, <laughs> well, welcome to the show. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, I did want to point something out real quick before we kind of get into focusing on some songs. Uh, one of the last tracks on the album is not a song at all. It's called Phone Conversation. And it's literally a phone conversation. Right. Um, but in it, He talks about this band, and I'm assuming, if I I have to think back to the conversation, I'm assuming the whole thing is just, like, made up, right? Um, Not that it was an actual phone conversation, but it was just two guys, you know, kind of doing a little skit thing, because that was a thing that bands did at one point in time. Um, But he he mentions a band called Abbey Normal, and I was Mm. like, why does that sound so familiar? And so I searched it up, and... First, like what they're referencing is Abby Normal comes from the movie Young Frankenstein, which I don't believe I've ever seen. Um, But when I looked it up, that's what comes up is as Young Frankenstein. But then as I was like looking it up, I was like realizing like, oh, you know what it is? One of my favorite bands of all time, Moving Mountains, released like a split EP with the band Prawn and the first track on that by moving mountains is called abby normal and i was like Uh oh "Oh." i I had no idea where it came from then but when he said it on this album i was like why does that sound so familiar so um put it together but we're clearly not going to talk about phone conversation and we're not going to talk about abby normal by moving mountains first song we're going to talk about is here in your bedroom songs on this record yeah three songs on the other record um so i guess maybe i'll i'll start with here in your bedroom i don't it wasn't the first song of theirs i heard it was probably the second song of theirs i've i heard i'm sure um and it was that guitar like that lead guitar riff off the beginning i've always loved and how it's just kind of like kind of comes into this bit of a mellow ska vibe and then i mean as a teenager i always laughed at the Lines, uh, You know, I, what is it? He, t- he just talks about being on top and whatever. I'm like, ah, I think he's singing about sex. Ah. Right? <laughs> like, I mean, the song itself, I don't think is entirely about sex. Like, I think he's lyrically just talking about being, you know, f- when he's with her, he can forget kind of the world and the problems that he's facing and whatever. And it's just like an escape for him or whatever. But what I found interesting about this song is that uh, lyrically... I was always I was always under the assumption that the chorus went like this: When I wake up tomorrow, will you still feel the same? When I wake up tomorrow, well, you have changed. Um, but it's will you have changed? Because the way I took it, like just that, like basically, like flipping of oh, yeah. one letter, well, comma, you have changed, would lead me to think like, oh, he still loves her, but she doesn't love him, sort of thing. Yeah instead he's just asking you know will you have changed are you still gonna feel the same tomorrow because i know i'm gonna feel the same will you like so it's you know it's it's still not you know sure and certain but it's definitely a little more optimistic i suppose than being like oh you've changed you don't love me anymore but here i am in your bedroom still wanting to be here sort of deal right but um so had you listened to this record before prepping for this episode
1: uh I mean I've I've heard bits and pieces of it over the years but I don't I can't remember ever sitting down and listening to it from from start to finish. Yeah. And uh yeah there was you know, I found myself a lot with this album thinking like oh that's kind of weird or a little odd or not not for any major reason I can't even really pinpoint it. I I think it's just is John Feldman, Feldman's just his charisma the way he he sings and writes songs like it's just a bit more unique. But I think that's right. what what stands out to me about them, or what makes them stand out. Um, I mean, is John Feldman? I mean, he's he's a very gifted songwriter and singer, and you can just kind of hear his. You know, he's super energetic. He's uh, um, I think he's probably in his fifties now, and uh, even just when I see videos of him live now, like he's just jumping around. And when I've listened yeah. to him on podcasts, you know, he's just he just has that kind of fire inside of him. And yeah. so even though this album is, you know, 20-plus years old, I can just hear that in him. And uh, so, yeah, it's, it, it makes it a unique listen. It, it wasn't in a negative way by any means.
2: Yeah. It's interesting because uh, two notes. One, you mentioned the way he sings, and I just wanted to point out before I forget, but the way Feldman sings at the beginning of this song actually kind of in a weird way reminds me of Elliott Smith, who's, I mean, his vocal delivery was a lot softer and whatever. And Feldman kind of starts the song, singing a little softer. But to go into what you're saying about, you know, like his energy and playing live, I would definitely say that um, I watched, uh, or I, I didn't finish it, but I was watching. Um, they did a release for. Did you ever? Uh, do you remember the DVD series, The Show Must Go Off? I don't think so. So it was. It was a DVD series of live like, punk shows, right? And so... Oh, cool. Um, yeah, so Goldfinger did one, which I was watching. Uh, the only one I owned was Alkaline Trio. They did one. Well, right um, on. But anyway, this Goldfinger one I was watching, um, I, I, I hope to... I'm going to bring something up in a little bit here, too, but um, as I was watching it, I was kind of going, okay, Feldman clearly sacrifices vocal quality and delivery energy because as you mentioned he is all over the place jumping around and having a good time but listening to him sing at least on that DVD is like almost painful He's not; it's not a problem of being on or off key like he's singing fine but he's just constantly like away from the mic out of breath and just like kind of get it's very choppy sort of deal and I mean to watch them though it's live and he's got all sorts of energy so it's kind of cool but yeah when you pointed that out like this video for this song I don't know if you watched it but uh, it's kind of their iconic um, video where they're, like, just playing in this small room or whatever. And, like, half of it, they're all dressed in suits. And the other half, because, I mean, they're a ska band, so they have to be. And the other half, they're, like, dre- He's wearing, like, a blue Hawaiian shirt or whatever. But they're just, like, going crazy. And there's, like, these two girls dancing right up in front of the mic, like, just kind of doing this weird sort of shuffle thing. That I'm <laughs> like, it's so, it's so have 90s. to go back and watch it. But... Yeah, go watch it. It is very 90s. But, yeah. Uh, it's it's where it's when I think of Goldfinger, like I that that video comes to mind because I'm like yeah it's there's nothing crazy in it but it's just a very specific style and look and uh, yeah it's it's really good but he is definitely he's definitely all over the place with that energy.
1: Yeah, that was as I was listening to this album, I I don't I think I always just thought they were just a straight punk band. I don't right. Um, I mean, obviously I've listened to their their new album, which has you know a lot of ska and reg influence and maybe i just i didn't realize that that went all the way back to back to the beginning oh
2: yeah yeah
1: and i i think like i know
2: i was watching a video um from one of the songs off the new record or latest record now it's a few years old uh but they were talking about like someone on the youtube section was talking about like oh i'm so glad they brought the ska back so i'm not sure if they like Got away from that for an entire album or not? Like I know some of their singles definitely weren't ska, but like at the same right. point, like their bigger songs, I'm like, yeah, they were all ska, or like uh, maybe not necessarily with a horn section. I'm trying to think if there's a horn section on this song or if it's just like the upstroke guitar that's going on and kind of the bounciness. But um, yeah, no, they always definitely had had a ska vibe going on, and and it was it was fairly consistent. Like it's funny because I don't know that they have ever officially had a horn section in the band i think i've seen performances yeah i think i've seen performances Mm -hmm. though where there are people playing horns. so it's interesting like how much they include that because i don't know if they like the show must go off that i was watching i don't think they had a horn section out there at all and i'm trying to remember if i can if i heard the horn section playing or because i know i think i was watching another video a live video from one of the songs we're gonna do off the newer album and there was, like, I thought at first someone was playing horns, but it was, like, literally a camera guy that was kind of dancing and, like, holding a camera. Uh, okay. And at first I thought he was playing a horn. I'm like, no, he's not. So, I don't know. They, I mean, they could be playing the tracks for all I know. Um, but I didn't pay close enough attention. But, yeah, that was the one thing that always stood out to me about Goldfinger is they were, like, one of those ska punk bands. But I think they were always more polished than maybe some of their contemporaries right. in that sound. Yeah. And which I think would kind of pave the way a bit for what Feldman would do in the future as far as just like that polished connection or whatever. But um, here in your bedroom has always been a song that I've loved that hooked me on that hooked me on Goldfinger. But we're going to move into another song that I specifically remember uh, going to mp3.com probably and listening to maybe that's the first place I heard it. We're going to talk about Mabel. (laughs)
0: Yesterday, the girl I knew from 99 eyes Eliza Hazel. Her name is Mabel. I kissed her once and now I'm able to walk the mile, track a smile. Make me wanna kiss over Says the ball.
2: It's, I mean, my first note is it's a classic 90s
1: pop punk yep, song.
2: <laughs> like, it's got, it's it's 90s. It's got a video for it too, which is kind of fun. But you should go back and watch these if you didn't see it.
1: Yeah, no, I didn't. Yeah, well, that's what I, one of the notes is I have too is it makes me think of a lot of other bands from that era. Which, yeah. I mean, which is a good thing. I I, I love that era. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, especially with this song, I was listening. I was like, man, there's some parts in this that just remind me of another band, and I can think specifically of what it is. And then it later came to me, the band Goaty Hook. And I don't know if it's okay. just like uh, one of the guitar parts or even the guitar tone. It was just something. I was like, this is reminding me of, a you know, that whole era about a specific band. And Goaty then hook, it was eh? like, so I was like, oh, I wonder what... Yeah, so I, I don't know. I mean, those bands would have been around, you know, similar times. So I don't know if it was yeah. just a guitar sound or just something simple, but it just kind of got stuck in my head until I could think of the band. And I was like, Is okay. it maybe just like the kind of half cheesy lyrics that this song has? Well, <laughs> yeah, Book definitely that, had
2: some cheesy lyrics, so maybe that's the connection.
1: Yeah, that's that could definitely be a part of it too. <laughs> um,
2: and I've always... like this song. I feel like, and maybe this isn't just a Goldfinger thing, but when I think about this kind of um, sort of composing idea, um, it reminds me of Goldfinger and just how a song starts one way and then like the back third of the song, they all of a sudden just go double time and like kick it in because they do this on this song they do it on another song that we talk about on the newer record um, where, yeah, it just like it starts out doing one thing and then all of a sudden the back half, like it just, takes a turn or I don't yeah, know if it's back like half back there. yeah oh I love it oh. and I also what I love about this song in particular when they do that is the the whole vibe of the song changes obviously sonically but lyrically as well because it happens in that I guess third verse or whatever um, when he starts talking about Mabel going out with Charlie like so all of a sudden oh, she's yeah. like left him And so it kind of takes a bit of an angrier, angstier sound through that, and then through the chorus where they change the lyrics from what they were in the first half of the song to kind of like a reworking. But um, so, yeah, because it originally goes, uh, She makes me want to kiss all the babies, hug the puppy dogs. She makes me feel, it says she makes me feel like a mom. I don't know what that line is (laughs) supposed to mean. That's weird. Weird. I'm assuming he's like, you know, his. He, he feels loved Sense by his mom, and and yeah. com- like I'm not sure if he's like feeling like he's a mom, <laughs> like that's weird. I think yeah. it's like oh, she loves me, she's taking care of me, sort of thing. That's the vibe uh, I, I get. Say, but yeah, yeah. Um, and it says, smell the flowers and plant a tree. I gotta say that Mabel, she's the bomb. Now the funny thing is, is there any women named Mabel that aren't like in their 80s? Uh, that's my question. But oh, well, she'd be in her 80s now. That's fair, maybe. But then the (laughs) lyric changes from, like, hug the babies and the puppy dogs to, rabies got the puppy dogs, and now I really need my mom. I bought her flowers, so woe is me. It sucks. I still think Mabel, she's the bomb. So I just love how it, like, changes. And they use, like, you know, obviously the rhyming scheme of, saying the word babies he changes it to rabies and instead of hugging babies and puppy dogs well now rabies got the dogs so it's like (laughs) it's just like this interesting kind of like flipping of the switch of course it's also i mean obviously those lyrics are cheesy um yeah i mean it doesn't the whole song was kind of cheesy because you know there's i I mentioned earlier wouldn't be the first time we mentioned blink i'm going to mention them again because there's that whole um line with the whole like charlie's package looking like a tube of cookie dough <laughs> like and the, and the <laughs> yes. drummer sings in like a high-pitched voice That looks
1: like a tube of cookie
2: dough like sort of thing it's like yeah it's kind of it's just silly and there's a whole sketch on there about you know like his breaths like it's not in that song it might come right after or right before but a whole like little skit thing about like his breath smelling and he's like come on man we've cuddled and he's just going on about trying to convince him to smell his breath. And it's like, it's very, oh, yeah. just, just reminds of me song. of like the little skits on like Dude Ranch by Blink-182, right? Right. But, um, or they're like uh, Mark, Tom and Travis show, like back and forth sort of thing that they do. But uh, yeah, it's just like, it's so much fun, this song. Like it comes on and I'm like, yep, I'm,
1: I'm, it's just going to put a smile on my face. Every yeah, time. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's one of those songs that I would I would go back to on the album if. You know, if I wasn't going to listen to the whole thing, I would go back to some. That would definitely be one of them.
2: Yeah. Um, and yeah, no, I don't know. It's it's just I, I, I'm pretty sure it was one of those MP3.com songs <laughs> that I like went in the early days of downloading MP3s and went and found, and it's lumped in there with like, for me, discovering like the Get Up Kids. Um, Goldfinger, there's just like a few bands that were like, yeah, like for sure. you know, maybe they weren't fully on, you know they weren't like, obviously like the Pennywise's and the NoFX's and, you know, like those bands that were just staples Right. I think they're always, for me, they're always kind of a little bit on the outside of being like, they're definitely well accepted I think as far as like you know, you didn't have people going like, oh, man, Goldfinger's not punk. At least I, I don't recall ever hearing that, where you'd hear that about, you know, oh, Blink's not punk. Or, right, you know. yeah, yeah. And, and I'm not here to argue that, but it was just like one of those bands where I feel like, you know, when I think about the kids in my high school who listened to punk, who were like the gatekeepers or whatever, I think they were okay with them. Maybe because they would overlook the poppiness because of the ska sort of thing. Like, ska's right. just happy and bouncy anyway. Yeah, right? yeah. So, but.
1: but I just, yeah, I don't, I don't remember people talking about them at all. For, for good or bad, so maybe it's just because I was from a small town, and I was from a small town. I was one of the ones that that knew probably more bands than most. So I guess if I didn't know them, then others didn't. So, so how actually this brings a question that has nothing to do with Goldfinger, but how big
2: was how big when you were growing up? How big was Dauphin, Manitoba? Uh, it was like eight or nine thousand people. So it was bigger than the town that I grew up in, and I was still connected.
1: What is your problem? <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I didn't have.
2: I, I guess think well, I had
1: how, internet and it was I mean yeah I don't know how far I, were you from Winnipeg? Would that be the closest? Yeah, well it's the same. It was three and a half to Winnipeg or three and a half to Regina. Mm-hmm. So yeah, okay. So that's that's a big thing. I was in a town of about
2: five thousand people when okay. I was growing up, but we were like twenty five minutes from Calgary. So like I went to like I went to shows in the Calgary scene. Like when I was in high school, I'd go to you know like local punk shows and whatever. Um, yeah, yeah. In
1: and we would go into, into Regina. I don't think we ever yeah. went to Winnipeg. Yeah. Um, yeah, like we came and saw like, bands like Good Riddance and Face to Face. Yeah. Um, yeah, maybe it was just like I don't remember ever seeing Goldfinger like coming yeah. around. I just didn't see their name. I didn't play video games, so I wouldn't <laughs> have seen it on Tony Hawk. I don't know. I, I'm sure it was around that I did hear, it, and I probably just didn't know what it was. And What kind of life did you lead? No internet, no video games,
2: no Goldfinger.
1: <laughs> I played music. That's fair. Um and, uh, <laughs> I don't know, watch music videos on VHS. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah, fair. Yeah, I'm sure, like, there there was internet. Like, I remember, like, one of my best friends in high school, I had to go over to his place, and, uh, and he had internet, but he was just always kind of chatting. I don't remember, like, right. downloading music being a thing. It was still yeah. CDs.
2: Yeah, like, I mean, it wasn't, I don't think it was a thing to the point at that time where I was like, burning cds i don't know that cd burners were a regular thing because um i can remember i think the first cd that i had burned like and i got someone to burn it was mill and colin penny pioneers so that would have been yeah. in the early 2000s but but i can definitely remember going to mp3.com and just having like a few songs on my computer because it would take forever to download them Right. right like so but yeah. just being like oh Goldfinger Ma- and Mabel is like one like that's a memory that comes to mind is like opening up Winamp which I don't know if you ever had Winamp but it was just yeah. like yeah like opening up Winamp for things I had downloaded off of mp3.com and I want to say scour.net maybe hmm. was like another website that is jumping to mind for music but and Mabel was definitely one that I downloaded but um, oh and so going back to that um the show must go off that I was watching. So it's from like House of Blues, Anaheim or whatever. When they play okay. the song, when they play the song Mabel, uh, it's amazing because they're like, it's like the middle of the set. So it's not like a big finish or anything. It's just the middle of the set. And uh, John Feldman grabs the mic. I don't think he's not playing guitar on this song. because Some songs he just puts it down. And he's like, this song, you guys need to come up here and help me sing. And so it's not like he's calling everyone to the front. He is calling everyone onto the stage, to the point, yeah, to the point where it's like this, uh, like there's hardly room for the members of the band, like they're just surrounded and sing, like people are singing along. It's super rad. I did that's that was the yeah that was the last point I got to in the show before you know I kind of had to move on and do other things. So I'd like to go back and finish it because I'm like if that's midway through the show. How do they end the set? <laughs> yeah, <no laughs> like, kidding. Because it's gonna be downhill from there. But um,
1: yeah, I just I was gonna say too. With um, I mean, most of the bands I listened to were either on Tooth and Nail, Fat Records, or Epitaph. And because Goldfinger wasn't on there, they just yeah, they I didn't weren't even, on. They weren't. I didn't even on, look to
2: see what they were on.
1: I think they were probably already on a major. Were they label on a major by, by then. Um, I don't know if uh, they just went straight to a major,
2: m- but Mojo Records. Mojo yeah. was a California-based record label founded in '95 by okay Jay uh, was that Rifkin. It became a joint venture with Universal Music Group in '96. Hmm. So I mean, I guess technically it was a major label by then, right? Um, yeah, the label has been largely inactive since 2001. Let's see, let's see who some of the other artists were on this label.
1: Yeah, so Cherry- I mean that that would have been a huge a huge reason why they just weren't on my radar because yeah, I, I didn't know. Oh, okay. Okay. Wait. Hold on. Mojo Records. Real, okay. So
2: here, here's a who's who of artists. Um, I wish it, it doesn't list some of the albums. So maybe they were on. But Cherry Pop and Daddies, uh, they were on there, which fits. Do you remember them? They're like a swing band. What was it called? The Cherry Pop and Daddies. They wore like pinched. Uh, I think. Did they do Zoot Suit Riot? I think. Zoot Suit
1: Riot. Yeah, I remember Cry that like song.
2: Yeah. yeah. I can't remember. Also listed on here is Limp Biscuit but it doesn't list any of their albums so I don't know if it was just like a early early on or something you're right uh, Real Big Fish and then that's 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 it well there's other artists but those are the only ones I know it's just funny that it's like Goldfinger Real Big Fish and like Limp Biscuit is in there Goldfinger yeah. but um, it is but funny just- that I just like that your reason for not knowing who they were was because they were on a major label
1: <laughs> that they well, had yeah, I went much have, better distribution <laughs> I went right but I wouldn't have Again, that wouldn't have been on my radar. I would never have thought of picking up an album that wasn't on a label I knew. Like, I just, I wouldn't have even considered that. (laughs) That's funny. Yeah, because I'm trying to, like, I mean, I definitely, like, along those lines, I
2: definitely looked up labels, but I don't think I ever, like, bought things specifically because of the label. Like, I think maybe, you know it was probably a lot of the bands like you mentioned like tooth and nail would have been one because like just going into christian bookstores it's like if you had no idea who the artist was uh and you saw tooth and nail on the back you yeah, might have somewhat sure. of an idea and whether you just straight up bought it or you went to one of the listening stations and kind of gave it a listen but like going in and buying like fat Wreck and and epitaph and stuff like that i'm wondering if i would have like just been like oh this has fat Wreck on the back i'll buy it or whatever um I was just more of a guy. I would go to the section because I don't know about the music store you went to, but I can remember going to music, and they'd have like a punk section, right? And I would just like go through, and if it, if I wasn't looking for something particular, there were a number of times where I grabbed something based off of the album artwork. Yeah, and yeah, sometimes
1: sure. that sometimes that failed you. Sometimes it, it introduced you to great things. But um, yeah, and I will say I do remember seeing this artwork. Um, I, I don't know what year it would have been, but I can distinctly remember seeing it, and then I probably turned it over and was like, "Oh, I don't know the label, or I don't really know this band," and so I'll just kind of leave yeah. it. If nobody else talks about it, then I'm assuming it's no good. But yeah, yeah, that's fair.
2: Um, so let's move on to, I guess, the last song that we're going to focus on from Goldfinger's self-titled album. It's nothing to prove. <laughs> Always stood out to me because I mean, a it's it's energetic. Um, Yeah. You know, it's not the only just straight up fast song on the record by any means. Uh, But I think it it and it and it's not the only like angry angsty song on the record. But it's an interesting kind of comparison to the other two songs that we just talked about because I think it's also a song lyrically dealing with a relationship and. You know, like, while here in your bedroom seems like everything's kind of new and fresh and fun and fine, um, Mabel obviously has... And who knows? Maybe this is all about the same girl. I don't know. But Mabel obviously starts good and then has the turn, right? Like, as Mabel goes out with Charlie and then that relationship is clearly over. Yeah. But, but this song... <laughs> it. I mean, A, his voice is a little rougher. Like, he's definitely singing different from those other songs. Um, and I think like with those other songs being they're they're kind of approached a little lighter in the lyrical content, whereas this one definitely hits a little harder, I think. Um, and the best I can get out of it, it's, it's about a relationship where Feldman, you know, maybe feels like he's not, you know, he's an unintentional screw up sort of thing. Keeps letting this girl down. But at the same point, and he's, he's kind of feeling, I don't know if he's feeling self-loathing, like, I don't have to prove anything to you, but at the same point, I, I actually want to prove myself to you. Like it's, it's this whole thing. Right. And the whole last verse kind of throws me off a little bit where someone's drunk. I think she's drunk and she slapped him and I don't know what's happening in this song. <laughs> and then like when she comes <laughs> yeah, home drunk at three in the morning, he's like, Oh, well here we are back in bed again. Cause I'm dumb. Right? Like I don't, yeah. it's, it's an, it sounds like a Rocky relationship.
1: Yeah. Well, what's the, on a, on a different note, this song not only does the title um, have a similar title or the same as an H two O song, but the intro of the song reminded me of H two O as well, or <laughs> vice versa. As this came right. up before H two O, but I was just I was like I kind of double take. I was like, are you saying nothing to prove? Because there's a an H two O song called that, and I was like, because it's kind of sounds like it. And I'd so, anyways, but now. yeah. Yeah, good song. But yeah, I've got to. It's kind of that, you know, kind of typical angsty punk song. And yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It, it definitely, um, as I mean, towards the back end of the record,
2: it definitely takes on a whole new, whole new side of Goldfinger. I think. Which, uh, if I look at the track listing, I don't think this is like necessarily the first of the angsty songs. No, it's not because, like, one that definitely stands. Oh yeah, was, there's lots this, of them. Like, Well, the city with two faces and stuff like that, right? Like, um, just taking on even like where it doesn't necessarily sound like John Feldman's singing. Um, Right. He doesn't sound quite as nice. He always had a very unique voice. I don't know how to describe his voice either. Uh, Because I don't, he he doesn't have, like, I don't think he has a nasal, like, snotty sort of voice that people kind of like put with punk rock. But at the same point, he definitely has, like, attitude and. an edge to his voice but yeah um,
1: and i think that's like what i said at the beginning with it stands out in a different way and i think that that excuse me goes goes to it as well there's just something unique about him and yeah
2: yeah just end end of sentence (laughs) (laughs) yeah i was
1: gonna anyways yeah just leave that thought but <laughs> oh, yeah. right. I, I feel was,
2: like I uh, want to I, I push you a little bit, like you were
1: going to say something. Uh, now, I can't, say that. I'm, well, I'm kind of looking at my notes here, and so I'm kind of going <laughs> all over the place. But yeah, there was, there was a number of times, like, so you'd send a few other songs you might touch on. I don't know if yeah. you yeah. still thought of that or not, but yeah, there was a, a few of those that um, there was one part in um, the song uh, King. Was it King for a Day or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I couldn't help but think that it reminded me of the Supertones. It's <laughs> just kind of the, the horns and just kinda of the I don't know, whatever vibe was going on at the beginning but yeah, um, yeah, I, I I like that song. That's a it's a cool like, concept to think. What what would you do if you were King for a Day? Well and King for a Day is
2: another song that I think I mentioned earlier, just as far as like composition is concerned, where it starts one way and then at the back part of the song right. it kicks it up and goes again, right? So I'm yeah. like, oh, it's kind of this gold finger little thing that they do. Um and it's funny because yeah it like takes on that that first chunk whether it's two-thirds or whatever i I mean i never looked at the time to see exactly but um where it's like this late like the note i have is like a nice laid-back summer ska jam right like you know maybe maybe leaning a little more on the reggae side and whatnot but uh it's it's really good um another song that i wanted to mention real quickly was actually the city with two faces um which is you know like I said, punk punk rock angst. Yeah, it's uh, ripping I, I, the tune. I like the part where it like breaks down, and he's like, he's like, you know, you may say there's some good bands that came from L. A. Like No Effects, which is actually from, I believe, the Bay Area, not L. A. Right, uh, which is funny. He's like, Bad religion? <laughs> I was like, why did he say it like that? Um, <laughs> Just but also, weird, I'm sure. I guess, I guess, but also, uh, this song is the first of, and maybe it gets referenced more times, but the first of two references in this episode to bad brains because in this song he drops a line about you know like last year it was led zeppelin this year it's bad brains sort of thing like basically talking about people who are just sort of going with whatever right you know is is scene worthy at the time i guess um and so yeah because there's a song we're going to talk about uh coming up in a few minutes here on the on the knife that he mentions bad brains in it and i was like oh that's kind of kind of interesting i'm oh, yeah, um, playing bad brains
1: Yeah, yeah, Yeah. and then
2: the last song that I kind of just wanted to briefly mention off of this L-titled album was "My Girlfriend's Shower Sucks," (laughs) because it's another one of those songs where I'm like, oh, it just reminds me of Blink 182 in a way, just like being goofy and whatever. And he's like literally writing a song about crappy shower pressure or crappy water pressure, and um, and it it actually might be the most.
1: It might be what i was say which might be the most relatable song lyrically I have on this album <laughs> because I <laughs> your shower's I, so one good. thing like no my my shower is good but I hate going somewhere All right. with, like the shower head's too low or the pressure like it's such a yeah. bummer. So it's just funny that they've got a song about yeah. his girlfriend's shower and Well so he and comes and comes from the bedroom and straight to that crappy shower.
2: Yeah. And this is, like, one of those songs, too, that I can, like, specifically remember listening to at some point in time. (laughs) Like, that's just silly. Like, so, like, sticking with me from those early days of me kind of first listening to Goldfinger. But, um, I mean, kind of, you know, in conclusion with this record, I think it's... You know, it'll forever be a ska punk classic, if not just like a yeah. punk, a '90s punk rock classic. I mean, I don't know, I don't know where it rates on you know your 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 official lists and whatever. I, I air right. quoted for those listening. You can't see, no one's watching except for you and I. You saw me <laughs> air quote. Um, but you know, it's fun, it's feel good, but it's also full of angst. That's like everything I like about '90s punk. Like it was, you know, sunshine, but also it wasn't sunshine
1: because they were sometimes singing about some. Some pretty heavy stuff but um, it's yeah. just everything yeah. and I wish that I I had have gotten into this earlier because I think it would have been an album I would have listened to a lot you know uh, there was a number of times um, on the album where I, I thought of a band that uh, the dingies as well you know just that sure. mix of punk ska reggae and you know I listened to that band a lot and you know like I mentioned Supertones are or just you know kind of all in that that punk ska kind of realm or squad Five O, whatever stuff I was listening to then but i feel a little sad that i i missed the boat on this but yeah, it's yeah. never too late to go back to yeah no for sure and uh, it's it's a
2: super easy i said at one point during the week i was like man i actually forgot how good this album is like as i listened to it right like in my in the back of my mind i don't, i was always like yeah goldfinger you know and maybe because i was confusing the self-titled record with hang ups maybe i need to go back to hang ups and see like is my right. opinion of hang ups even correct but um was always kind of like yeah it's all right. You know, it's got some good singles on it and the rest of the album's kind of eh, but as listening to this, I was just like, I could put this on and listen all the way through. Yeah, and, for sure. And, you know, it's it's a real easy listen and it's good. So, um, yeah, no, it was it was fun to go back and revisit this one in my mp3.com days. But now we're going to move back to the future? That's not how that works cuz it's now in the past anyway, but we're going to get a little <laughs> newer. We're going to talk about the latest full length from Goldfinger, it's The Knife. <laughs> Okay, so we, we decided to be kind of fun to do something where we looked at a band's first record, or at least, like, I mean, this was their first full length, but I mean, to lay out, I guess, one of their, if we, if we do this going forward, it doesn't have to be the first, but one of their earlier records, right, yeah. and then one of their later records. So we literally looked at their first record, and now their latest full length. And this album gets a lot of flack, a ton huh. of flack, for just sounding and being considered as you know it's like oh it's cast offs from Blink 182's California and California got a lot of flack (laughs) so this album I think out of the gate probably got some not like unjustified I would say it's unjustified yeah criticism or just like because I think there are definitely points on this album where yes I'm like okay I can see what people are saying this sounds like it could be on Blink 182's California, and a right. lot of that was what like the flack that Blink 182 got for California was due to John Feldman having his hand in writing so many things, and like yeah, you exactly. know a lot of the the woes and the na na na, like just like overdoing things, and those show up on this record too. So I can see it, and obviously production wise, it sounds the same. Like yeah, if you if you swap out, you could have swapped out. I think what they should have just done. Blink 182, back when they decided to replace Tom, should have just done what clearly they wanted to do and asked John Feldman to join the band.
1: Yeah, that maybe would have been crazy. I
2: wonder if that would have been better. Like, I mean, we're not going to go down a road of Blink 182 here too far because eventually we will do an episode on them. But um, with like matt skiba joining the band i remember like that original hype like okay blinks back you know they got that energy yeah. uh, that tom seemed to suck out of the band and then like now i'm just like matt just seems like he doesn't have the energy for the most part right he's just kind of yeah gotten into that's that.
1: interesting yeah
2: and like what if what if john feldman had joined blink uh yeah you know?
1: well i think I, I mean i don't know if he could he could keep up with that kind of touring that they do nor i mean yeah, have I don't, the time to do it because you know producing is his job and but that right. yeah it's definitely uh that would be a pretty uh, sweet match for sure yeah
2: like and when i hear this record it just kind of makes me think like i mean i think i'm 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 i don't know if i'm in the majority or minority with this but it, like i enjoy nine more than california obviously nine yeah. is further like california felt like blank trying to be blank of old whereas nine feels anyway um so i don't know you know, if they would have just kept going down that road or what, but eh, we're not going to talk about it. We're, we're here to talk about The Knife. That was just like a, a comparison out of the gate that I know yeah. a yeah. lot of people made, which is also fair because obviously Feldman worked with Blink and also like Travis Barker is in the band at this point, exactly, at least on yeah. the album, because at this point, Goldfinger is a super group. <laughs> like yeah. it's unbelievable because like yeah, so Travis Barker playing drums. I don't know that he regularly like when they play shows now. I don't think he plays. Yeah, it's like,
1: typically somebody else.
2: Yeah, well, in the video for Million Miles, is that what it, like whatever the opening track? Yeah, yeah. It's not Travis in the video. I don't know yeah. who it is. Some guy playing drums, but um. Yeah, so Travis is in the band. Obviously, Mike Herrera of MXPX is on bass yep. and backing vocals. And in that Million Miles video, there's a line where he clearly like lip syncs, like sings it. Right. But it's Not it's not him <laughs> on the yeah, recording. Yeah, I'm not I'm sure like, if so he. Uh,
1: yeah, did the recording to he it. He did or not, do but... the recording.
2: That's the oh, funny okay. thing is he is on the recording. So I don't know what the deal is there. Uh, and then Philip Sneed, who used to play bass in Story of the Year, yeah, plays guitar in in. Uh, in Goldfinger now so it's literally just like grabbing bands from the late 90s early 2000s that you know kind of struck
1: big and said hey you want to come be in a ska punk band with me <laughs> so. yeah so yeah to a few of those things you said I mean you know you gotta give credit to you know so both Blink and Goldfinger they came up around the same time so just in that comparison of the album Sound Link Blink like they're similar all around like yes Goldfinger had the, the ska and reggae stuff but you know they're also coming from the same world. You know John worked with them writing. You know so his writing is going to come off in the Goldfinger. And so yeah. I don't know. I I'm on the side that I loved um, Blink 182s Two's California, um, yeah. and so that made me love this. Yeah, are some songs a bit similar? Sure, but yeah. Um, I think you know there's only really the two songs I can think of on the knife. Basically the two fast songs. That's like okay. This one, these sound like Blink. Otherwise, yeah. to me, the rest of the album has enough of its own sound that you know you, you can say that with so many bands of yeah. various eras. Like all oh, these, it's like well, yeah, they're in similar worlds or influenced by similar things.
2: But obviously, like the ska heavy songs aren't going to sound like Blink. Yeah, right? like <laughs> it's just not not going to sound like them. Um But I think – yeah, I I think the thing that really stands out though in that – and then we can maybe try and move on from the comparisons – is that I don't know that John Feldman writes like Mark Hoppus, right? And so like that writing influence really – and some of it felt like it was like things that he was just trying to emphasize that Blink did, right? Like you talk about the na-na-na's and the haze and whatever, like just those almost like more vocalizing things that – really kind of popped up everywhere and still really do, like even on Nine, but it was like that. I think his song, he was such a part of the songwriting on California that it's, yeah, it's hard for it not to sound like it on this. And then again, I don't know where, uh, if they were both recorded in the same studio sort of thing, but him producing and I'm assuming, I don't don't know if he engineered, did he engineer? But but anyway, like the guitar tones sound identical is what I'm getting at. The drums sound the same. Like they sound like, albums that are meant to go together um which is fine again like i didn't hate california i i enjoyed it i like i said i just like nine more but even then i'm I'm not huge on nine right but um so let's get into though uh so we could stop maybe making the comparisons let's get into the first track that you picked which is get what i need Talk
1: about this one, yeah, man. This this song is so good to me. This is so I haven't extensively listened to Goldfinger's discography, but um, in the times that we have mentioned talking about them, I've gone back, you know, listened through albums, and and none of their albums have really, you know, really stood out to me. So even the self titled one, great album, uh, but you know when I put it on, I'm not like I need to listen to this. Whereas this whole album. Like, not exaggerating, I've easily listened to this album 10 to 15 times, um, if not 20 in the last couple of years. Because it's one of those albums I can just put on, it's easy to listen to, there's enough of, you know, back and forth between fast and slower songs, and um, and it's just such a great overall album. The production is top-notch, like we mentioned, the players are amazing. And, uh, to me, this is, you know, Goldfinger at its best, which is kind of crazy with, you know, just their age. And, uh, but again, that they can still write good, good songs that, that stand out to me. Um, yeah. So get what I needed. Just that perfect blend of, of punk ska to me. Um, you know, it's super catchy. It's a great, I mean, it doesn't open the album. It's the second, second track on the album, I believe. Yes. Um, and I love that it follows. Well, I love that the first song just comes out blazing, you know, yeah. fast, classic, you know, skate song. And, and then this one follows it up really well by changing it up enough that it's like, okay, this album, you know, like you said, if you, if you just listen to it from the beginning, you might think, oh, okay, this is just, you know, going to be another Blink album or whatever. Right. Yeah. And yeah. then this song, it's like, oh, okay, this, you know, this is the goldfinger that I know and remember from years past. And, um, yeah, I just, I love the nostalgia that this song, that this song brings, um, you know, I can't necessarily relate to the lyrics um, in in his, out of his perspective, out of his stories, uh, but definitely can to just being, you know, thinking back to that youthfulness, kind of maybe doing things that were a bit stupid, but, you know, those were the things that made you kind of feel something or, or grow up or, or whatever it is, whether it was relationships or different circumstances and so I just I just love that it just takes me back to what made me love this music in the first place.
2: Yeah, and I mean, first uh, I I don't know if I agree in that um, that this is Goldfinger at, at their best. I do like I I think this album is pretty good, um, but it's just it, it gets a little more overall like a little more cardboard for me, I guess is. Yeah, and and part of, like you mentioned, like the the top notch production, it sounds great, but it's another one of those. I don't know if it's just these days uh, that there's a certain guitar tone that's showing up on records, and I'm just like, mm. what is this guitar tone? And it kind of shows up here, where I'm like, it doesn't sound like it just. I don't know if it's, like, it doesn't sound like you're recording from an amp. It just sounds like you're using a plug-in, which is very much what they could have been doing. And, like, another one, a record that I absolutely love that I have an issue with is Trash Boat, Crown Shyness. I'm, like, the guitar tone on that, it just doesn't quite do it for me. But, again, those songs Mm. are strong enough that I'm just, like, I don't care. This record is amazing, right? Um, As far as, like, yeah, the lyrics of this song, I mean, obviously... It doesn't relate specifically to my youth either, but that's because he's older than us, right? Like, when I... The picture that he's painting here is very much like when I... I don't know if you've ever watched any, like, 80s punk documentaries or even, like, movies, but, like, how a lot of times... Because what are the lines here, he says, uh, 30 years ago, since we smashed that window of that Northern California so 30 years ago, would have at least been 1987, if not a bit earlier, because this came out in 2017, so I don't know when this was specifically written, but a safety pin in my ear. We don't really... I don't know if people do safety pins a ton anymore. Maybe they I do. I did
1: in like 2005. That's amazing. Um,
2: <laughs> and obviously, Bad Brains. I mean, at that time, Bad Brains was a super influential hardcore band. Yeah, brain, for right? sure. Like, um, they're still influencing bands to this day, which is incredible. But um, what is he? Oh, spray paint on the walls. Like, the thing is, like, with that line, I don't know if he's talking about, like, actually just like graffiti, but spray, like, you know, like spray painting, vandalizing walls the way i actually take that with everything else that comes before it is like when i when i asked about like watching any 80s punk documentaries or movies like slc punk and stuff like that yeah, yeah. where they're like living like almost squatting in these houses and there's right. always spray paint on the walls right yeah. like whether it's like um like ronnie reagan and stuff like that right like speaking of the dingies, obviously i have a song where they reference ronald reagan but okay. um, Yeah. And I mean, that would have been years after it was necessary. (laughs) I don't know why the dingies did it, but, um, but anyway, uh, so like I get that picture in this and I, which is what I love about the first verse of this song and just this song as a whole, like the kind of vibe I get from it is, I don't know, I, I feel like I could be wrong with this. Um, but I feel like it's a little bit like Feldman talking about how, you know, maybe he abandoned his roots and his values to get where he is today, which is something he always wanted even back then. And I say right. that because, like, Feldman is obviously – he's worked with even, like, pop stars, right? Like, he's yeah. written for, like, Ashley Simpson and, you know, just, like, some some pretty big pop stars of their time and Five Seconds of Summer and stuff like that, right? Yeah. And, yeah. like, part of me wonders, like, is he referencing, like, doing that so that now he's in a place where he can legit just, like, make music that he loves? Yeah.
1: Right. Yeah, and it's a cool contrast, right? The stories yeah. of of what was going on when he was you know, first getting into music and now, you know, yeah, like you said he he's able to do what he wants. Yeah. But did he have to compromise? And I mean, as an artist, as a producer, you're gonna you're gonna be put in spots where I don't wanna say you don't wanna be, but it's like, well, okay, this project comes up, I can pass this up. Is it mm. exactly what I wanna do? Maybe not, but it's gonna help me further other projects yeah. that maybe I want to do. So it's not a negative thing, but it is a cool way to kind of put those two different, you know, times of his life together and kind of piece them together and how they work together.
2: Yeah. Well, cause like the chorus just being like, I lost myself just to get what I want again. Like the yeah. lost myself part I take is like, I mean, when he's talking about listening to bad brains and with the safety pin in his ear and just like doing this. And there's another song where he references dead Kennedys and black flag, I think. Okay. Um, he also references the Who in that line, which I think is weird a little bit. That's the one where he's talking about. He's like, maybe I'm just a little left of what kids are listening to today, sort of deal. Yeah. But I'm like, I mean, the Who, the Who is interesting to just briefly talk about that because they're like a band that was obviously hugely successful making you know like rock songs. But I think like they do get when you like go back and you like read books or documentaries or whatever on those early like you know mid-70s punk days with like the Sex Pistols and the Clash and, and Ramones and stuff like that especially like Sex Pistols and Clash they talk about like oh early influences of bands where they were just kind of like what is this was like the Who um, yeah, and like Roxy music it's just like the Who just being like their guitars were a little louder they were a little angstier or whatever so like it's it feels weird for him in that other song to be referencing Black Flag and Dead Kennedys and the Who all together <laughs> I'm like that's weird but right um <laughs> But you know, like talking about growing up, listening to that hardcore music, hardcore punk music and whatever other punk that came along with it. And then yeah, like he lost that, those values and those core that he, you know, kind of developed to go right for Ashley Simpson and I'm trying to think who it, there were a couple just like major pop stars that I was like yeah. interesting. Yeah. Um, but you know, at the same point through all that he was also working with bands in the scene and you know, he's he's just doing yeah, what he wants does. to. Yep. But yeah, so to go from that first verse talking about that, then the second verse to say things like "fade away in my head again," watch the days, the months, the years turn to rust. Uh, skies are gray. Will I be okay? Watch the memories I made turn to dust. Like he's like moving on from those things right. to kind of go and you know make a living for himself so that he can eventually do what he wants. Which is, it's again, I I'm like kind of one of those people. Where I'm like, why can't why can't musicians? Make a living doing what they want. Yeah, right? exactly. Like, and I yeah, feel like nothing wrong with it. Yeah, and I feel like for the most part, we are at a place now where that's generally more accepted. Um, that like, yeah, why not? Why can't an artist make money? I don't. You know, they they may be a punk rock band, but they can go make some money. That's fine, right? Like, I don't know. Or or maybe I'm just not as connected to like that DIY underground punk sort of thing anymore, where that's still like a staple core value.
1: Yeah, yeah. Maybe he had people like, like you said, like giving him flack for that, and he's like, hey, "Oh, for like, sure you he know, did." Yeah, you know,
2: yeah. It's all part of it. So. it's also interesting because there's another song on the record where he says, "Don't call it a comeback. I've been here all along." Like, yeah, I think for sure he's heard criticism and that right. flack sent his way. Right, and he's, I think, in some songs on this record, he's answering that and going like, "Look, I didn't ever like, I never went away." You know, like, you can criticize me for working with these artists or what have you. This is still who I am, you know, even if it looks a little bit different. But then there's other songs where I, it feels like he he's feeling a little more, like, he's looking back going, Ah, you know, maybe I got a little far for myself. Maybe I shouldn't have done that or whatever, yeah. right? Like, it's interesting. And, and that could just be me looking into it, knowing, like, again, the response people kind of give to John Feldman sometimes and the work he's done. But, uh,
1: yeah, I don't know. That's just that's, that's where it is. Yeah. Well, I think that leads well into into the next song. And even over the overall theme of this album with the knife. Um, yeah. You know, where he's talking about, you know, just put the knife away and try to listen. And so yeah. maybe, you know, back to that where he's like, how about you just take the time to, to ask me why I'm working with these bands or, or whatever right. it is, right? Right. And just try to listen to my side of things. And, you know, instead of, you know, maybe he's got his old punk friend's hassling yeah. him and he's like hey like i need you know i need to provide for my family and i need to do these yeah. i can't be some crusty 50 yeah. year old punk still <laughs> you know but, li- still yeah. living the dream like right so it's yeah so yeah I, I i mean i love this song overall it's you know it's one yeah. of the one of the few kind of straight up punk songs on the album yeah. um so of so, course i love it but yeah so with that let's talk about put the knife away
2: something interesting i found about the song when i was looking at the lyrics on genius uh, dot com there's not a ton of like songs of theirs that have annotations which is why i like going to genius to like kind of read what people say this song does actually have an annotation which is interesting um but so for specifically for the line hold the knife away from me right uh the annotation says this is not the first time john feldman has lyrically used a knife to represent things getting tough in a relationship on if I'm not right which is the fifth track from the 2008 album hello destiny he sings hello 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 again could you forgive my life because everything I said was wrong so please remove the knife mm-hmm. um, and so it says while Asori sorry Feldman makes this plea in the older tune his words are rather imperative and bitter this time as the title put the knife away may imply the album cover however shows a different portrait which aligns itself more with the story told on if I'm not right which is interesting um, Mm. because so so there's the knife reference right and then on if i'm not right he says uh hello could you forgive my life because everything i said was wrong so the chorus on this uh, on this song starts with always right you're never wrong so i was like there's there's some there's some connections here which i mean maybe it's maybe it's intentional and maybe it's not like Um, I don't know if the song is autobiographical for Feldman. If it is and he's singing about the same relationship here, uh, that's not very healthy because it doesn't sound like a healthy relationship at all. It doesn't sound like... You know, some songs sound like they're written out of, let's call it like a lover's quarrel sort of thing, right? Like you're having a disagreement, an argument, a fight, whatever. But your foundations are still underlying and they're still... You know, the relationship is still strong. This just sounds like potentially an abusive relationship (laughs) like not physically necessarily but uh, i'm not saying the knife is an actual thing um you know but like more like maybe emotionally abusive sort of thing but uh i don't know that's just i just found that interesting that there was that connection between the two Mm. songs and you know like nine years separating them if it's about the same person
1: right yeah but i i like the symbolism you know of a knife whether it's you know like you said listen instead of cutting somebody down take an opportunity to listen yeah. it, it to me it's a really intriguing like title for a record just the night that's the what knife, it's called yeah. right yeah yeah and uh yeah but yeah like you said the the cover art doesn't necessarily portray um the same thing so
2: yeah well because he's i mean he the 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 Apparently, boy skeleton is holding flowers, and the girl skeleton is holding the knife behind her back. But look at all sweet and innocent, right? Like, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it is it is interesting because also like with that chorus where he's like, "Put the knife away," and or like that line, "Put the knife away and listen." It sounds like he's pleading, right? Like again, not that the knife is a literal knife, right? Like right. I don't think he's singing about a time someone actually holding a knife to him, but but just like the way he repeats, "Listen." And listen, listen, like he's just always like, listen, just listen, you know, don't, yeah. don't do this. Just listen to me. Let me explain or whatever the case may be. Right. But, um, but yeah, it, it's, it's, I think this song is kind of like the formula for a punk rock sing along. If we want to talk about composition and writing, like how the verses are fast and then the chorus just kind of like cuts to halftime. Right. It's like, all right, yeah. here we are. You know, like everyone sing along um, you know, if it, if it was a smaller show, everyone's you know, like crowding the stage and their their hands, their fingers are in the air pointing, whatever, singing along, right? Like it's, it's just, I think, written for that. And uh, another thing, I love how the first two verses are basically pretty much the same, but the third verse, the guitar riff comes in. It almost sounds more like a bridge and maybe you could call it a bridge versus, uh, instead of it being a verse, I just know like if I'm like referencing genius they label it as verse three but okay. like the guitar riff changes yeah, i like, love oh, that this one. sounds cool yeah, yeah yeah i really get behind it the opening guitar riff reminds me of something that could be on an mxpx album actually because it's pretty like just pretty simple and melodic and um, oh yeah for sure yeah. i don't know i don't know how much mike herrera has you know involvement in the writing process versus like whatever bass lines he's playing and maybe harmonies he's singing right um, I don't know if he's playing any guitar riffs in in any of these things, like as they're writing songs or not. But um, yeah, no, it's it's a, it's a, it is a pretty great song.
1: Yeah, yeah, and that uh, that riff and that bridge or verse, whatever. Yeah, at times it reminded me of, of Tom the Long's kind of you know just that kind of twangy. Kind yeah, of, it's not like a not a solo necessarily, but no, no, no,
2: because as we've discussed over text messages,
1: solos suck. No, <laughs> yeah, I, um, I don't know. I don't know what you, I guess just like a lead line or something, yeah. yeah. Like it's, and
2: it's, it, I, it feels if I'm thinking about it because I didn't necessarily get the Tom DeLonge vibe from it, like I do some other songs, like I've brought up obviously with Set Your Goals and then Truck Stop Blues by Newfound Glory and stuff yeah. like that. Um, and maybe it sounds a little more angular and harsh than like Tom would write because Tom. I mean, Tom often described his guitar riffs as like nursery rhyme riffs, right? Like they're yeah. they're simple, they're sweet almost, where it's like, yeah, they're going to get stuck in your head because they're, you know, whereas this definitely felt a yeah, little more. Yeah, a bit more, yeah. Yeah, but, but again, I, I could get what you're saying with like kind of, it's not a chunky riff, it's more definitely just kind of as you kind of twangy as you kind of said it <laughs> yeah i don't i don't, I don't know how has got to, that country twang that southern yeah, no, california country not that twang. <laughs> it
1: just like when you're kind of on one of the higher strings doing yeah, yeah. something you know just yeah, yeah it's not that, a chunky riff it's a yeah. twangy punk riff whatever Anyways. yeah <laughs> but uh yeah and
2: i mean all in all i i really i really enjoy this song um again even if it gets a little formulaic with like the the fast slow fast or like fast halftime fast halftime sort of thing but uh it's uh it's real good it's real good Yeah,
1: and if every song on the album was like that that would maybe be one thing but because like i said there's only a few of them on there yeah to me when those come on i'm like oh yeah this i i need this song right now yeah
2: yeah yeah no it's um that's that's one thing you can definitely say about a goldfinger record i think is that there's a lot of um there's a lot of variety without sounding again like it's like 15 different bands because yeah. that drives me crazy when you put a record on it. it's one band but every song sounds different like a different band I'm like I don't I want I want there to be some flow to an album and some, yeah, co- some cohesion continuity. and and continuity and and Goldfinger does that really well like going and, and I mean. They're, it's not like they're bringing in a ton
1: of different influences. They're basically going from fast punk songs to ska songs, <laughs> right? Like, yeah, but, it, but, the, but it works. some of them will do mix them up a bit or yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's not just like, you know, maybe it's a ska song without horns or some have yeah. some horn parts and... Yeah so yeah yeah. i
2: I like that it's yeah it's it's not the same from track one through to track whatever 14 or however
1: many are on here right but i mean i'm sure i would have been happy with that too but yeah
2: (laughs) but let's let's get into the the last one that we're gonna kind of dig into a little bit it's who's laughing now This song is potentially the most controversial song on the record. Potentially, um, I don't know if you how much you looked into this song, but this song was uh, well. It's co-written by a guy by the name of Luke Hemmings, and I was mm. like, "Who is Luke Hemmings?" Luke Hemmings is in Five Seconds of Summer, so uh, a, a band well, that that's kinda... too bad.
1: I don't like this song anymore.
2: <laughs> Let's say a band that kind of like obviously, whether you think it's deserved. Or, I mean, they they're, they're essentially a boy band that takes their main influences from pop punk songs right like yeah um, and which is which i've never really listened to them outside of maybe hearing songs out in the world sort of thing right so i i can't really say much about five seconds of summer i know that was like one of the big things that people would uh would crap on feldman for was like oh you wrote for bands like five seconds of summer and blah 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 And it's like well whatever you know like let them do their thing um lyrically i think it's interesting because i kind of get the vibe from this song that feldman is answering his critics uh, who have maybe called him out for working with pop acts in the past um so like which is interesting because it's not the only song that he co-wrote on this record either with like a pop writer um see you around was written with martin johnson who has written for pop acts like avril lavigne and el king right like so, there's some co writes on this record that I think people were a little taken aback by. But I think, again, if we go back to Blink, like Blink has also co written with some of those pop writers, too. Right. Like, there well, is. I,
1: yeah, and those, and those pop writers, I mean, there's a reason why they have so much success. Like, do I like the songs? Not really, but they right. there must be something to them. So, I think in the right circumstance that their hand at helping write a song like this. Can can make the song better. Like I I would have never listened to this song. And be like, oh, this must be influenced by Five Seconds of Summer. Like <laughs> I yeah. I wouldn't have I wouldn't have picked up on that. I mean, obviously I I love this song, which is why I yeah. picked it. Yeah, and so
2: um, I mean, well, with this song too, I think maybe it does sound the most different kind of for like melodically as far as the verse is concerned. Like when I hear this song, the verse melody stands out so much more I think than any other verse melody maybe on the record and because it's it's a lot more like rhythmic right like yeah he's there's like it, it almost like rolls versus flows melodically like he's he's doing a lot of words in short amounts of time right. not that he's yeah. rapping but he's just like kind of going through things and it, and it definitely feels more like maybe a radio pop song in that sense um but yeah, then then the course gets like super bouncy and I'm like, "Okay, yep. I'm, you know, you got me again. I'm back." Yeah. I actually like like to say that I like the verse. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying like, "Oh, I'm back because I, I dislike the verses it sounds like radio pop." I actually, the first note says I love the verse melody. It's very rhythmic. Like it's different from anything else I think on the record.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and this this song really stood out to me musically. Um, I think Travis really brings kind of a technicality to, to ska drumming that that isn't in a lot of ska bands. And I think right. he brings that through in this whole album, whether it's even the slower songs, you know, just kind of the rim knocks he's doing on the snare. Um, yeah. that that's one reason why I love this album so much is you know, I know it's Travis and so that that plays into it too, but it just adds so much because typically ska or reggae drumming is, is fairly straightforward. There's no right. you know crazy fills or off time things. And so when he can add that flair to it in a way that's not overbearing, it just makes the song stand out so much more. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely fair. Um, And
2: I mean, I I had a note earlier. I think I may have missed it because I don't think it was on this song, but just about Travis's drumming in general. Like when even like, I don't necessarily love everything that Travis does because sometimes I think he does kind of overdo it a little bit. Right. But when he get like what you're saying here I can totally get behind. And then when he goes into like just a straightforward like punk beat. I'm yeah. always like, Man, like he's so good. Yeah, right. Like so he smooth, just I mean. he knows when to do it to like drive the song sort of thing. Right. Um the I last wonder kind of, what I was yeah, saying, I
1: wonder what that um, that vibe was like as like I don't know if he had his hand in in writing or if John had the songs and just said, you know, here's the songs for us play, play whatever you want. I wonder what that, uh, like, communication was back and forth if if there were parts he was just, like, adding way too much in or... Yeah. I don't know. be interesting to find out. Um, the only other note
2: I had on this song was I, I enjoy how Feldman is singing This Is Not The End. And then yeah, the I was going to say I love that abruptly. bridge here, yeah. <laughs> but, like, the, that's actually the end of the song, right? Like, because he goes back to it. I think he does it in the bridge, and then he goes back to it saying, like, this is not the end, and then the song ends. (laughs) I just love, like, little things like that, right? Well, that Um,
1: adds so much to the song, because, you know, it's a bit heavier, a bit more aggressive, and just kind of changes the flow of the song. And, yeah, yeah, that's really stood out to me. There, There was parts on this song that really reminded me, actually, of Five Iron Frenzy. I think it was kind of at the beginning, just the... The way the horns and the guitar are playing together, yeah. and so
2: there was there on one of these songs for sure on like the the video like the YouTube audio or whatever, someone had commented the fi- like about Five Iron Frenzy. Oh, Okay, so, yeah, so you're not alone. It may have been this one. If you're saying it, I'll say it was this one. Yeah. Um, some other songs that I I just wanted to kind of quickly note on were uh, Tijuana Sunrise. Yeah, so, um, well, I love I, that song. I was a little bummed you didn't pick it to be honest. Well, because I'm it, like, it anytime was on it comes there, on, but. Yeah. yeah, I know it's. Anytime it comes on, I'm just like, I just want to be drinking a beer on a hot summer day, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, and the way that the fact that when he says Tijuana Sunrise, every time he says Tijuana, like I don't right. know if you picked up on that, but he definitely like says it with like, I mean, I guess probably the more proper pronunciation, right? Um, which I thought was pretty awesome. Uh, one of the first songs that jumped out to me on this record. It was orthodontist girl
1: <laughs> because it's sounds a bit much for me, but it, oh, it actually on. reminds me, you know, that song Mabel and yeah, yeah, you know, girlfriend's bedroom. He likes yep. so this song is about his wife. I remember uh, seeing something okay. about that and yeah, and uh, you know, just it was kind of his like fetish song about his wife or whatever, <laughs> you know, whatever. Which um, is
2: funny because I I'd assumed yeah I was like maybe it's about his wife because it's very specific, but like how could you not like there again much like mabel the lyrics are cheesy as hell but come on like with your mask on your lips oh they could be bigger they could be smaller i don't care at all and i can't talk because the doctor's doing something right. in my mouth yeah. like like what <laughs> and then another line being your hand in my mouth holding that tiny vacuum thingy i hope my tongue doesn't accidentally touch your fingers
1: because that would be weird like like
2: the lyrics in that song
1: come on yeah so yeah, both that and Tijuana, both great songs, but yeah. it just didn't quite have enough to like to pull me back in. and be Like this is the song. Oh, I, want, so. I mean
2: T- Tijuana
1: Sunrise, like that song.
2: I think it is a great s- song. Oh, yeah. I, I feel like I'm trying to think if I went all the way through this record when it first came out. I definitely remember listening to it, um, but like if if I did go all the way through, why I haven't gone back to Tijuana Sunrise just like in the summer as like a. This needs to be on. Um, I don't, I I mean, every summer I spend time at the beach on Vancouver Island. I'm like sitting out in the sun, in the sand. I'm like, why am I not listening to this? But I will be this year, um, thanks to this little episode. But, and I guess finally, which, which will tie this all in, because if Orthodontist Girl is about his wife, the last song I wanted to mention was Mila, which is about his daughter. Right. Um, And it's just a sweet song and a great way to finish the album. Um, Someone had commented on the video for Tijuana Sunrise. About how they're like, John Feldman doesn't have friends, dot, dot, dot. He just has family. As in, like, everyone who's a friend just becomes... And, like, right. that video, I don't know if you've seen the video for Tijuana Sunrise, but they're, yeah. like, hanging out around a camp, like, a beach campfire sort of thing, singing songs. Just having a good time. I'm like, yeah, like, that's... It's great. Like, the song yeah. portrays that image, and then the video drives it home. So, um, I love that song. But, I mean, in conclusion, I think for this record, I'd say it it may it may take some unwarranted criticism for being like oh leftover tracks from california some of it does make sense but i don't think that i don't think people should write the record off for that right yeah because it does i would like i would say this is better than california right mm-hmm. like i like california i really like that record so. it had some good songs on it but i think all in all as a as a, a record as a whole i like this one way like i might say way more Which is funny because I've definitely listened to California more than this one, but um, I and maybe it's just my mood
1: right now. I really, I really enjoyed listening to this record. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, this one came out shortly after California, and so had there been a bit more time in there, or like what would have happened if this one had come out first? Exactly, what everybody said. Oh, everything on California is leftover Goldfinger songs. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, yeah, that's I mean, you kind of got to take it and take it with a grain of salt or whatever and yeah yeah no i i i mean i just think it's an easy ska
2: punk listen good for any like summer day even like it's not summer right now and i was enjoying it right yeah Um, but i guess that'll bring us to as we kind of get into closing this episode if you had to pick i think i'd probably know your answer but if you had to pick between the knife or self titled goldfinger which are you going with it if you could only listen to one of these records ever like no other Goldfinger. You had to get rid of the rest. Which one are you going with to yeah.
1: keep? So me and my wife were in California last, or no, this was already, this is for an Anniversary in 2010. So after uh, California had come out. Whoa, whoa, slow down. And what, we year,
2: what What year do you think California Our, uh, came out?
1: Uh, <laughs> sorry, not uh, 2010, 2017. Sure. Okay, that makes yeah. a little okay, more sense. Sorry, man. I'm <laughs> <laughs> And uh, so we were down there. The weather was... This was in the spring, or our spring. It was in April. And it was just way nicer there than expected. Anyways, this was an album that I'd only put a few albums on my phone to listen to so I didn't have to use data, whatever. Right. And we listened to this album, you know, driving. So we flew into San Francisco and then drove around a bit to a few different cities. And we listened to this album... And just listening to this album while driving in California, just on vacation without the kids, the weather was way nicer than we thought. It just felt like a dream. Right. And it was uh, perfect. So this album, I, I got to go with, um, So sorry, sorry, you said Between the Blink and the Goldfinger album? No, 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 no. Between oh, no, sorry, the, the first, knife okay. and between self-titled Goldfinger. Oh, man. I'm just-
2: you it's earlier than normal. <laughs> what the heck is wrong with you? Like we've had okay. time. So so where you live, there's no time change. So I've now officially caught yeah. up on time, and so we're recording a whole hour earlier for you. And you are a mess.
1: Yeah, sorry. I th- <laughs> to be fair, I was researching grants all day, so my brain is a bit fried. But, um, sorry, I thought you said the Blink album. Sorry, no. I mean, forget we've been forget, forget that whole rant. So yeah. <laughs> I, I Wait, do like so, that Blink-182 on.
2: album, but... Pause. So that whole thing was about Blink-182's California? Yes. That whole, oh. <laughs> okay. Wipe that out. No. has Anyways. nothing to do with this.
1: The Knife or self-titled Goldfinger? However, finger? because The Knife reminds me a lot of that album in ways... Yeah, I, yeah, I'm definitely going with The Knife. I mean, I've yeah, I've listened to that album so many times... <laughs> Um, yeah, I've got uh, way more memories. Was, maybe, I, maybe I did have that album on that trip to I don't know. Maybe it's long, all just blurring together.
2: That is a long, convoluted, backwards <laughs> way to say that you picked the knife. I think I'm gonna. Yeah, I'm. I'm also gonna go. No, I'm not also gonna go. What am I saying? Uh, I'm going with self-titled um, purely because yeah. Say, like I, I have more memories tied to self-titled than I do to to this record, but. Um, this, this record is a pleasure to listen to. Like I, yeah, it, I, I'm not going to say it annoys me that cause people can like whatever they want, but, um, I can put myself in the same category as other people and saying like, initially I kind of wrote it off as like California soundalikes, but I didn't go, oh, that means it sucks or anything like that. I just kind of went, yeah, okay, that's fine. It is what it is. Right. So to go back and listen to it, I definitely, um, fully in, enjoyed it, but, uh, yeah, so, I almost want to go back. I was thinking about our episode last week when we picked between Four Year Strong and Set Your Goals. And I went with Set Your Goals. I'm reversing my decision. It has to be Four Years. Like, the more I listened to Four Year Strong versus... I was like, no. No, it's got to be Four hmm. Year Strong. So I've reversed my decision from last episode. Um, so spoiler alert, if you didn't listen to it and now you want to go listen to it, you now know what I'm going to pick. But um, Yeah. And so.
1: that happens with records. Sometimes you go back oh, yeah. and forth. That's a favorite for now and maybe that'll change. Well, like...
2: I haven't gone back and listened to Set Your Goals since last week whereas Enemy of the World I have so I'm like clearly I enjoy Enemy of the World more yeah. um, so anyways let's and I think I did kind of say that and I talked myself out of it but anyway let's talk about what's up next because we yeah. as, as mentioned we kind of planned a series of episodes much like what we did with Newfound Glory into Easy Core um, we've got a little something that we've we came up with this and we've sort of talked about it throughout this whole episode is that John Feldman has worked with a bunch of artists. Um, so we thought let's do two more episodes that are Asher based
1: Simpson and five seconds of summer. Those are the ones uh,
2: <laughs> <laughs> talking about John Feldman related stuff. So next week, what we are going to do, I think we'll, we'll lay them all out. I'm going to, we're going to lay out the next two episodes next week. We're going to do the debut self-titled record from the used, which, spoiler alert, is one of my all-time favorite records, Um, as well as Page Avenue by Story of the Year, which I think is a good fit because they kind of both fell into that similar like post-hardcore sort of thing and came out around the same time. Yeah. And then after that, we're going to do something a little bit different, um, but similar in a sense to this episode in looking at something early and something more recent. We are going to talk about um, Wasting Time by Mest, and what was the other one? <laughs> Masquerade is their newest one. No, we're not talking about that though. That's not what we're talking. Oh yeah. About. <laughs> um, uh, uh, oh, state champs. Right. I was like, yes. what is it? I was just. I can't remember what the name of the record is, so I'm looking it up. Unless you remember off the top of your head. Uh, uh, dang. not that uh living proof so right. yeah, yeah. yeah so feldman worked obviously Mest wasting time is a big one i think that was the first one he kind of produced and worked yeah. on that wasn't goldfinger i think he might have done something with real big fish early on oh, okay um but, yeah, but as far as like
1: kind of pop punk bands yeah
2: and i mean Mest was like goldfinger jr let's be honest yeah um, like even the lead singer of Mest at that time looked like he wanted to be John Feldman with the bleach blonde hair and stuff like that. Right. Um, so yeah, next week it's the used and story of the year. And then the following week we're going to do messed and State Champs. Yeah, um, awesome. It, sh- it should be fun. But that'll wrap it up for this episode. So again, go follow us on our social media, Twitter and Instagram at Growing Pod. You can find all of our links there, including the brand new website and our personal Twitters and Instagrams, which you are now... You're still audience. labeled as a you're still labeled as a butthead on our no, official okay. Twitter, but you have Twitter. <laughs> your
1: you, your Twitter game is on fire. I do, and I <laughs> tweeted one thing, and now I don't know what else to do. You tweeted a couple <laughs> things, I think,
2: like because I know you shared a video of you playing drums, and yeah, and there's different things. So you're you're now officially on Twitter. The peer pressure finally worked. Yeah, so, somebody add me so that guy. I know what to do with it. There you go. Tell, tell Aaron what to do. But uh, yeah, wherever you're listening to the show, rate it, review it, subscribe, tell your friends. If you've been listening on YouTube, that's cool. I should give you this warning at the beginning of the show. That's cool. You can listen on YouTube, but if you want the full experience with music and stuff, uh, go find us on your favorite podcast app. That should do it, though. So bye
0: Saying that I put an abnormal brain into a seven and a half foot long fifty-four inch wide gorilla!